welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a nice show today. We're speaking with Jonathan Masters, and he's going to talk about his uh, latest book, and that's God Has Infinite Frequency, Affirmations, I can't say that word right, but he will, for our fractured age. And folks, this isn't a, a God Holy Roller type book, because you guys know I don't do those shows, okay? So just bear with us and go with the flow. You're going to be very surprised by the information uh, that Jonathan is going to share with us. It's a beautiful short book. I call it a coffee table book. Um, it's a full color. It, it's just absolutely gorgeous. If you're a book lover, you'll pick it up and just hold it to your heart. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses pragmatic, pragmatic and intuitive insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that is holding you back. But you know, I always ask the question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the work that I do, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com. And I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. <clears throat> My guest today, Jonathan Masters, grew up in New England after his physicist father transferred to MIT. One of his early memories is seeing the first laser, which filled a room, shoot at a coherent beam of shoot a coherent beam of light, I should say, at a piece of paper. And for Jonathan, this sparked a lifelong quest to understand the nature of life and the universe. The markers in his inward journey include learning and teaching meditation, being under the guidance of the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the right use of the will. His he is also the author, as I said, of God Has Infinite Frequency, and his outward journey includes being a dad, a husband, an entrepreneur, an inventor, a musician, and professional consultant. And you can check him out at his website, and that is godhasinfinitefrequency.org. Again, the website is godhasinfinitefrequency.org. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for your generous introduction. You're welcome. I'm glad I got through it. You know, sometimes I'm I'm extremely dyslexic, so sometimes I get things, sometimes I don't. But you know, it is what it is because to me that keeps you real and natural, and you're truly a 
spirit living a human existence. But the book is a beautiful book. As I said, I call it a coffee table book because you can just pick it up and browse through it. And folks, if you're having one of these down days that a lot of people are having during uh, the quarantine and just getting back out during this pandemic, it literally lifts your spirit. So that begs the question, Jonathan, why did you write this book and why now? Well, thank you. The it is a beautiful book, and people have said that they just like are blissful looking at the different pages. It's 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 laid out with an aphorism, which is a sort of a short, little, succinct idea, coupled with art in a new and innovative way. Like you see a lot of art around with like words written all over it. This is not that. This is the art allowing the art to trigger your creative your your intuitive side at the same time as enjoying the whole experience and then taking in the information that's um, as part of the words. Mm -hmm. So the why of it is kind of, um, you know, in, in a way unknowable. <laughs> <I think. laughs> just, it's just like I started to have these experiences and have insights and began to write them down. And then I felt like, well, you know, someone else might like to enjoy these and hear it. And then, and then I was contacting with artists. And the, the thing is, it's really um, about melding art and these, these words together. So that was a journey in and of itself. There's two <laughs> made, there are two primary artists. One is, mm -hmm. uh, is a Swedish woman who works in DC now, has won a lot of awards and, and is more um, kind of does representational art and the other one's much more of an abstract artist with these colors and frequencies that are just incredible you know they are and there's such symbolism within each uh, picture when i first um got the book and i opened it up to review it i flipped open a page and the page i opened it said vulnerability and next to it on the next page it said the fundamental requirement for a successful relationship. And then I went back and looked at the pictures and I saw spirals. I saw, you know, depths of the universe. I saw what I thought was a bunny. I don't know if it really is, but that's how I interpreted it. I saw plants growing. It was like a, um, oh goodness, marigold growing. I mean, you can look at it, you can see so many different things. Why was it so important to incorporate so much of this into the book. I mean, you could have just had one artist and they could have drawn a beautiful picture and called it a day. <laughs> well, the different artists have different forms, different vibrations, different feelings to them. Uh -huh. And so they match up with the different um, messages you could say that are coming. And this vulnerability, the fundamental requirement for a successful relationship there's each one of these has a, you can go depth in deep each each one of these, but I want to point out the next one because these two are a pair. Yeah, that's where I was going next. The healthy boundaries. Okay. Yeah, healthy okay. boundaries. <laughs> uh -huh. Go ahead. <laughs> Another the other fundamental requirement for a successful relationship. Uh, we forget about that, you know. Um, sometimes as a you smother your kid so much it just wants to run away from you and never come back. That's not a healthy boundary. Sometimes in relationships, I had a woman called me the other day and she goes, I want this guy to like me and I bound him and did this and that and the other and nothing has worked. I'm like, well, that's not a healthy boundary. Maybe he's just not into you. So how can we get to the point where we can know where our boundary ends and someone else's begins? This is based on feeling and um, 
there may be some healing work that's needed before one can in fact feel what's really going on. Mm-hmm. But you can always start. You always can start with the feeling and then you can allow it to unfold. And you need to give yourself time. Sometimes you need facilitation. Sometimes you need quietness. But it's really about the energy of unfoldment. The, the boundaries, you know, we have this emotional body. Think of it like that. The emotional body, it's, it's electromagnetic. And it's got... Um, let's say dark areas in an occlusion where it's not vibrating properly. Mm-hmm. And so as you feel, as you feel into those places, then they wake up, they begin to wake up and they process and they give you information and you can process that information and you can allow it to transform you. And it is transforming you. It's those dark places are becoming light. They're becoming able to reflect the wholeness of consciousness. And then you have access to that. Okay, so are those dark areas our shadow self? I I don't exactly know what you mean by shadow self. Um, well, you know, there's light, dark, good, bad. So everything has an opposite. Okay. And a lot of people in the spiritual community believe that there's a lot of light out there, but then there's also the shadow, what they consider um, <clears throat> an energy not vibrating at its highest frequency that's possible for it to vibrate at so would you consider that within uh those dark areas something that we just haven't recognized so therefore we're not recognizing its vibration i would say this we're always evolving there's no end to it and that the what we call the shadow self is not a fixed anything Mm-hmm. It is it is a product of our own consciousness and activity and interaction with the world. And so as things come up, you can label them what you like. But the fact is that our true nature, our inner self is not good, bad, up, down, right, left, anything. It is consciousness. It is being. It is mm-hmm. love. And so the... What someone is experiencing as their shadow self is is giving them information as to how to recollect and reassimilate and become their more and more of themselves. Mm. Like that. I like that. You know, I I was going to ask another question um, next, but I'm going to go someplace else first. And um, folks, everything that I'm talking about is in the book. So I'm not going to cover everything, but I want you to have a very good idea of what Jonathan's bringing forth. So Jonathan, I have a question for you. Which came first, the arrogant monk (laughs) or the macho general? (laughs) And when you're like, huh? (laughs) You know, And, and then when you look at the picture, like there's this I don't know, being with a green face and a, a dark hood on it. And there's a lot of red. And then there's the gold and, and like a crystal. So, I mean, let us know what's first. Because in our reality, we always put something first. I think a lot of people don't understand that it's a timeline continuum type of situation when you're not on Earth. <laughs> so let me explain something about two things about this book. And this will be a little bit, I will get to the kind of more okay. direct answer, but... One of them is, you talked about BS, belief systems, and and this is exactly what this book is about, but it's not telling you how to believe. It's not telling you what the truth is. It's giving you some entries to experience that for yourself, and this is very important. This is not a how-to book. This is a opening of doors for yourself book, and 
And so when we talk about, um, the other thing about the book is it's kind of, you know, sometimes it's humorous, believe it or not. <laughs> yes, a it is. Of, <laughs> a little humor and a little like entertainment and, and happiness and love. And, and so this is embracing. So which came first, the arrogant monk or the macho general? The arrogant monk looks down on you as spiritually inferior. Mm -hmm. The macho general looks down on you as weak and insignificant. But what they share is feeding off your discarded feelings, dignity, and power. Hmm. So as they are feeding off of that, we're creating more fear for them to... We are stop? giving them, exactly, we are giving them our power. We are giving them our power and they're feeding off of it. And so this is the point. This is one of the themes of this book is recollecting yourself. And there's a few other aphorisms also that are, that are about this. But in this one, um, you know what? It doesn't matter which came first mm -hmm. because you might have encountered one or the other and you may be giving your power away to, the, to one and the other. And you may feel like, subservient or less than or or inferior and that's your experience and that's what's important mm -hmm. and that's what my soul's path was for this particular lifetime your, your souls so so you have the choice here in a mm -hmm. way to begin to recollect to say no i'm not going to let some entity some person some general or monk or whatever feed off my discarded feelings dignity and power i'm no longer going to discard them <laughs> i mm. am going to claim them <laughs> how about that yeah well you know it's interesting because you have god in the word god in the title of the book and you know when um, mari first told me about him like he, he's not going to preach is he you know he's not going to get up and do the bible verses and all this and she said <laughs> no and but when you or at least when, and this could be me, okay, but when I hear the word God, all of a sudden, I have a connection to religion, which is not my BS. So does religion or the word God in a sense control us to a degree on a, a very up, unconscious, subconscious level? Well, this is a big question you just asked. And um I'll try to answer. There may okay. be several parts, but here's the thing. Whatever your belief system is, what you believe in God, if you're, you're Protestant or Catholic or Muslim, whatever it, whatever it is, God forms a foundational part of that belief system. Everything else is built on top of it. Consciously or not, unconsciously, it doesn't matter. It's the nature of the word. It's the nature mm -hmm. of the concept. So we say, God, we say that which encompasses everything or everything that we believe anyway. Okay. <laughs> right? so, <laughs> and so that when you, if you could, if you could gently, if you could gently rock that belief, if you could gently introduce that maybe it's something more, maybe then everything else, all your other belief systems are going to also be um, in the path of transformation. So, yeah. so if we look at this, the, the first, and I took this name and, you know, some people said, ah, you know, don't put God in the name of the book, but whatever. But the fact is that um, I, I, this is what I'm addressing. Part, part of 
what I'm addressing is the distortions around religions and God and belief systems. And rather than being something true and being something that's found within that is uh, a creative process, it becomes something totally different. So let me read the first one. God okay. has infinite frequency. Now, infinite frequency is infinite. It means everything else with a lower frequency is included. This, mm -hmm. is, this, is, the, this is the mathematical concept. Infinite means everything of, that's not infinite is included within that. Mm -hmm. She is everywhere at once, at every time at once. Thank you for saying she, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Everywhere at once, at every time at once. At each point in time, God's truth is the highest, most complete truth available. At the next point in time, that is again true. God is timeless and reborn each moment. So let's just think about that a second. Allow that to like, and the, and the, the beautiful green and this, these colors are just fantastic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love this page. Mm -hmm. Each one of these statements is in terms of the common culture, a revolutionary statement. She's, it's a she. She's everywhere at once. She's at every time at once. Not only that, but she's reborn at each moment. So there's a continual recreative process that's available, that's happening, that's available to us all that we can live and tap into and, and express. We can create ourselves mm -hmm. again and again. Not only do we create ourselves again and again, when you're talking, I was thinking of concept of um, death and birth within the she God or he God, whomever you want to consider that energy, um, things, you know, they for this a particular time period, period, but then something else is brought in. So it's almost like a replacing, a rejuvenation constantly going. Yes, a constant rejuvenation, exactly. And it's an experiential. Mm -hmm. Don't lock God away in some old book. Experience. Yeah. Doesn't mean all the old books are wrong or there's nothing valuable there. But if you limit it to that, then you're, it's a kind of death. Yeah. Death of the soul. Um, and, and we've kind of gone through a death of the soul. I mean, we've had here in America for years of the orange man that was, um, in the White House, I'm not going to even say running the country. And during that four years, uh, the pandemic came out worldwide. Could you address um, both of those concepts, <laughs> if you will? I'm trying to be really nice because I really don't like the orange man. Um, but <laughs> can you address both of those concepts into and how we got to where we are today, which is I don't really think too much better than we were a year ago. I'll tell you a kind of secret which I've only told one or two people, which is during the, before the election, I had a vision. Mm -hmm. And it was a vision of actually love for the former orange president. And then he had taken up this mantle that he had taken up this, really it is a kind of mission from God. And that's why these, these you know, evangelicals and stuff are kind of, hovering around him, they get that sense. They understand it. They understand that he, he was on this mission. They totally, 180 degrees, did not understand the mission. 
That doesn't matter. But, <laughs> I mean, it does matter. But did so, he? Because I mean, <laughs> no. But did absolutely he? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. His soul because... maybe understood, but but his mission was one of destruction. Okay. And Shiva was part of it. Shiva is that which that energy in Hindu mythology, you could say, mm-hmm. but it's actually an energy which is allowing the next phase to come by destroying what is there mm-hmm. and surfacing all these kind of, uh, you could say, this negativity and, and um, darkness and misconceptions and craziness and, and all of that. It's so much has been come to the light. So much has come to the light. And so I feel like, um, and I did not think he was going to get elected, by the way. I thought that, um, well, he's going to bring this up and that'll be that. And I, I feel, well, he'll destroy the Republican Party and that'll be that because they're a bunch of idiots anyway. <laughs> but, excuse, excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they, <laughs> they've proven themselves to be mm-hmm. not quite attuned with reality. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's some very smart ones. So, um, I don't know. Did I answer? That's one question. The other question was, yeah, that was a question about Trump. Um, let's carry on to the pandemic came out, and I guess that follows through with the destruction and the rebirth. But the pandemic is out, and because of the orange man, um, some people didn't believe it. Um, and I'm talking worldwide, just not here in the United States. You know, so how did how did we get it so twisted, and we? lost so much life. I mean, I understand on a metaphysical level, purely metaphysical level, that people agreed to go through this process, okay? But boy, is it heart-wrenching and gut-wrenching to watch. Right. But this agreement that happened, let's say that there's an agreement on a metaphysical mm-hmm. level. This happened at the soul level. And the, and the, and the person, personality and rest of a person may not have been, probably wasn't aligned with that. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, the whole process itself was a process of alignment. It, it, it was forced, forced alignment, you could say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have the alignment. So where are we now? I mean, the pandemic is still roaring on. We still have beliefs, gifts, beliefs. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here in San Francisco and, you know, um, they're touting on the news. Oh, this county is 85% vaccinated and whatever. And, you know, folks, if you get it, get vaccinated, great. If you don't, you know, it's on you. I don't judge that. But we're concentrating here, people here in the United States, because we think we are the world. Um, we're, oh, we're fine. We can get up and go here, there, everywhere to other places where they're still, you know, trying to find the vaccines. I don't understand how we can um, fully embrace that everything is okay when we're so not. I mean, it's, to me, it's like the energy of the Trump era and the pandemic, which came together or clash together it's still with us and we're not learning from it oh i think we're learning from it a lot of people are learning a lot but you know what the title of this book the subtitle for our fractured age mm-hmm. and that's it but there's only one solution to that right and and there's an aphorism that specifically addressed this but i'm not sure i can quite pick it up i'll just tell you mm-hmm. is that um you know what 
someone asked me the other day, what about love and what's that about and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. Fractured consciousness, right, wrong, up, down, he, she, whatever. There's only one mechanism and there's only one place to bring that together into a holistic, coherent experience. There's only one place and there's only one way to bring that to a holistic, coherent experience where you are feeling at the center and in your power and in your creationness of life. Mm -hmm. And that is through expansion of the heart. It's only the heart that can reconcile these very, very opposite fracturations that were happening. And the, the ultimate, what's the ultimate fracture? The ultimate fracture is between silence and activity, between the inner absolute silence and mm -hmm. the world that's whirling around everything. And it's only the heart that can grow through love and begin to hold these two, hold these two opposites as one experience. And so this is really what, when we say for our fractured age, this is what this is about. This is about healing oneself from within. Mm -hmm. Okay. When uh, you have another aphorism in your book, it's um, when we are fully present in our bodies, our unlimited nature will be lived. So is that basically what you're talking about now? Yes. So coming from the know, heart. Yes, fully present in the body and coming from the heart. So the body, you know, each almost all these aphorisms have within them a kind of contradiction. There's a paradox. And so mm -hmm. that's why the thing is all about opening. If you like explore and you allow yourself to feel into it, the paradox will come, but you will be able to embrace it. You'll be able to kind of cognize the unity between the parts, between the aspects. So when we say that um, present in the body is fully present in the body, the body is not, um, not part of us. The body mm -hmm. is an, an, an expression of ourselves. And the body is, in fact, at one point in time, you will realize that the body is us. The body is wholeness. The body is also wholeness. Everything is wholeness. Mm -hmm. And so the body also. And so it's very important that, that it's not about, you know, discarding the body or denying the body or anything. It's really about being present within the body. But, but what's the, you know, we, when we talked at the beginning about limitations, the body has limitations. Look, it's, you know, six feet high and this blah, 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 blah right? Mm -hmm. But in that limitation is the ability to experience the unlimited. Mm. Okay. All right. I want, I want to switch gears for a moment because in the book you ask um, a very pregnant question. And that question is, what if? <laughs> and then after you say um, people are getting what they need. But I always like the what if because it expands the mind to me instantaneously. And it allows for deeper thinking. But explain to us your meaning behind this. 
exactly what you said. You know, it's what if it's okay. like, you don't have to commit to it. It's just like, what if, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you open, you open your, your, open the possibility, open your imagination. What if people are getting what they need? Because we look around and we see so much suffering and, and, and so much difficulty. But what if there is reincarnation and karma and our actions have consequences that go between lifetimes? And what if God is present everywhere and the universe is functioning perfectly? And what if each spirit is getting what he or she needs to learn to connect, to become one with love and truth? And what if each person is a node on a multidimensional grid connected to all other nodes, so that each person is experiencing a whole total reality that is completely their own, but also an integral part of the whole. Mm. Mm, Very well said. How would you live that way? How would you experience life if that was how it was for you? Well, there's a lot to uh, contemplate and a lot to consider for, you know, ourselves. Um, folks, I'm going to let you know, you know, as you glance through this book and the beautiful um, pages within, um, it's not all white folks, black folks, yellow folks, green folks. There's different colors, okay? Um, it's almost like every nationality that you know, we are aware of is somehow represented in the book. But, you know, Jonathan, I got to tell you, the one with the money kind of got me. Okay. Um, It's uh, money is an ego trip. Um, It trips up the ego that I get. I'm looking at the picture. It appears, I don't know if it's a black woman, man, but it appears to be darker skin um, with a white girl ponytail and um, a cigar or maybe in his hand, I'm not sure. And then money behind it. Please give me the meaning behind that because I had a couple of different ones that could have went so many different ways. Well, this illustrates, you know, these these uh, paintings were not made particularly for this book. In other words, it okay. wasn't like, hey, money's an ego trip, trips with the ego, let's see. This was, this was picked out from Anna U. Davis's work. Who, it seemed to really reflect someone who was, you know, concerned about money. Here's money falling from the sky, right? Mm-hmm. And she was, um, she looks, you know, hip and cool and all that. And so um, then came the idea that, yeah, money is an ego trip. It trips up your ego. Mm-hmm. And then we lose touch with our souls. Poverty is not the answer either. Because then we lose touch with our wills. So I think there's no more kind of um, cultural uh, slant, at least from my perspective, Mm -hmm. than just about how we relate to money, we as individuals and society. Okay. Okay, um, I, I see that, but picture still bothers me a little bit. And I'm just being <laughs> just being straight up honest, because you know, whomever male, female it is, they also have you know those 
um, tags that you they put up in front of you when you're arrested and have your number on it. It has one of those on it. And I'm like, whoa. Um, so and, you know, I call it whatever I call when I see it, I see it, you know, no judgment on it per se. It's just I try to work through it. And um, that, you know, kind of caught my attention. And another one that caught my attention in a very different way was um, where it says the most powerful social action we can take is to call um, back home are lost or rejected parts. And to me, that's the crux of your whole book. And there's a image, appears to be a woman there and she's holding a box in the box. You can see parts of herself and there could be room for even more um, <laughs> parts of herself, but at least she's willing to, you know, call it back, examine, take a look at it, to hold on to it. Talk to us about the importance of calling back ourselves because a lot of people don't necessarily realize that their soul may have been fragmented. Yes. You know, every time you see a, a disaster or a mass shooting and all this stuff and all this chaos and suffering, you think, oh, it's over there. It's not me. But the fact is, it's back to this thing about the monk and the, and the uh, general. It's, mm -hmm. it's, we have empowered this chaos and this destruction by rejecting or denying parts of ourselves. And so that is what this is about. And it, you're right, it's, a, it's an important theme of the book. We've all felt conflicted within ourselves about how we feel or how we want or who we are. Remember the times you denied you were afraid or stuffed your rage mm -hmm. or pretended that our feelings don't matter? Maybe you experienced result of these denials internally, confusion, chaos, and pain. But there are many times we don't remember. There's, there's a fraction, fractionated, <laughs> which has happened, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that those you'll you'll have energy. I I've had the experience of having another soul be reintegrated into mine. It was a young, actually two two or three times. But one of them was a young woman. Well, I was in California at the time, but or in, in the U.S. anyway, and mm -hmm. she was Italian and um, was just so very, very, very unhappy. And she was committing suicide, but this mm -hmm. was part of me and she wanted to come home. And so the process for me was around opening and receiving her and listening to what she had to say and, and sort of, you know, because it's a two-way street. We're denying parts of ourselves, but how does it feel to be left out in the cold, rejected? Right. Yeah. How does that feel? It's horrible. And it can shut you down. It can shut those essences down. And they don't learn. They stop learning. And so as you bring them back, there's a process of warming up, of evolving, of trading information and experience and, and reintegration. And it's so very important. So very important. Because that's the, that's the most powerful social action we can take, in fact, is to bring our parts back home so that we are not out there creating what we don't like. Okay. So when we bring our parts back home, we're stronger, we're more focused. And if more people are in that energy, a lot of the BS and I mean, bullshit on this one that happens in the world disappears or it can't yes. hold the vibration and falls away. At least that's what right, I'm right, taking right. from what you're saying. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Yay. Um, our time is almost up. I'd like for you to share a pearl of wisdom with our audience so that they can, you know, have something really positive to think about this week. Interesting. Pearl of wisdom. This whole thing is one pearl of, 
with the yeah, I know, I know, but <laughs> just 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 one off. It doesn't have to be from the book. It could be something completely off the top of your head that you want to share with this audience, so that you know to kind of like get people. It's kind of like the what if in the book. You know that to me, a right. what if always opens up. So, what do you feel would open up someone's mind to at least start thinking if they're severely depressed and they hear your voice, they hear your words, it might pull them to a different level to start thinking about something different. Okay. I have two things. Okay. One is from the book, which says, courage is when love in includes fear. Courage mm. from, from the heart uh, is when love includes fear. Uh -huh. The other is that to deny that the body is you or an expression of you is to, de is to deny form in creation. Mm -hmm. I like, I, deny I like form in creation. Mm -hmm. And so many people get stuck on what the form looks like <laughs> right. as opposed to what they've created. Right, but there's a big thread going through spirituality, which says form isn't even important, or you yeah. know, it's just about you know, and that is that is led to death. That is a death sentence, mm -hmm. because in fact, form is the greatest gift. It's expression. It's beauty. It's incredible. It, it's it's you. It's you. It's us moving outward. And expressing ourselves and seeing what that means and feeling it and seeing it and hearing it and and uh so it's it's that's life mm -hmm. this is consciousness is life okay well thank you because you've given us um a lot actually to to think about and contemplate on and you know guys for those of you who are into you utilizing cannabis for whatever reason, you know, put a thought of this in your head and, and let that take you on a nice trip and, and see where you end up. Okay. Um, I think you'll be very surprised at uh, the revelations that, you know, are revealed to you. And we always have choice. And um, Jonathan Masters, thank you for your choice of writing this book, God Has Infinite Frequency, aphorisms for our fractured age it's available everywhere um and folks go get it it's, it's a quick read and it's beautiful and again it's a coffee table book a small one you can hold it in your lap you can cuddle with it you can even put it under your pillow and sleep with it it has a lot of good vibes coming from it so jonathan thank you very much for being here thank you very much monique and to the thank audience you. oh thank you and to the audience I want to thank you for being with us today as we collectively get over it and i want you to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important consider making the masterful choice of uh, knowing what frequency you're vibrating at abundant blessings light and love to all agape